LEK Consulting is a strategy management consulting firm looking to grow its consulting team. This 1,800-person firm offers the best of both worlds. It's large enough to provide the support and prestige of a larger organization, but small enough to offer a tight-knit culture. LEK offers a competitive compensation and benefits package, the option to work internationally, and tremendous learning and development opportunities. And that's just barely touching the tip of the iceberg. The firm employs a hybrid working model, giving you flexibility with your schedule. You'll work in the office for two days out of the week. You choose which days, and you'll work from home for the remainder. In addition, the firm has a vibrant office culture with weekly social events where you can unwind and build friendships with your colleagues. A beer cart on Friday afternoons, sign us up. Ready to expand your impact? Apply today for a role with LEK. The link to learn more and apply is in the show notes or go to lek.com. Welcome to this extra special episode of Strategy Simplified. On today's episode, I'm going to take you along for the ride as we look together at a chatbot case. It's one of the newer digital assessment types that's shown itself in the recruiting process. The chatbot case style is currently utilized by BCG, and we expect this type of case to be used by more and more firms as well. Digital assessments allow firms to be much more efficient in the recruiting process, and across the consulting landscape, we're increasingly seeing firms deciding to invest in such tools. So we created a suite of chatbot cases for you here at Management Consulted to help you prepare for this unique format. We're going to work through our sample chatbot case today. There's a link to watch the video in the show notes, which could be helpful in this setting. And I'll tell you what, I did not hit it out of the park. Spoiler alert. Um, So the way we're going to run through this episode is first, I'm going to talk through some best practices around preparing for this type of case and uh, practical preparation, also mindset. Then I'm going to go through the case myself live. I haven't gone through this case before. And then you're going to be with me as I share my full thought process from you from start to finish, providing some reflection and commentary after I've completed the chatbot case and as we review the answer key together. So my recommendation for how you work through this episode is to listen to the upfront commentary and preparation remarks first. And then if you yourself have not completed the sample chatbot case, to pause the recording and complete it yourself. And then come back and watch how I work through it, how I pace through the time. Maybe you're kind of fast forwarding then as you kind of look look over my shoulder and see how I'm going through the case. And then listen along for the commentary and ranting and raving which occurs after uh, I don't get everything right. I hope you enjoy this episode. I'm excited to work through this chatbot case with you. As of the time of this recording, it's mainly BCG that's doing this type of chatbot case, online chatbot case, an online representation of the type of case that you have been practicing for, for a one-on-one session across the table or across the screen from one interviewer. 
now represented in a timed online test. Now, there's a couple of interesting implications for this, especially for BCG. BCG is known for being on the uh, end of the case delivery spectrum that is an interviewee-led case delivery style, which means that you, the candidate, have to do a lot of work to make a good structure and then try and drive the conversation forward after every new segment of the discussion, trying to unlock the new parts of the case, unlocking new pieces of data and information for you to be able to work with. That is the traditional one-on-one -on -one BCG case. However, that style does not really lend itself to an online timed format. Therefore, the online chatbot case at BCG is more of a interviewer-led style, the classic McKinsey case, if you will. Um, now, BCG has at least one sample chatbot case up as of this recording, and um, we here at Management Consulted have a library of our own as well. So we today are going to go through together the sample chatbot case on the Management Consulted website. This is how it's going to work. Number one, I'm going to have some commentary about preparing for this sort of case. Number two, I'm going to take the, case, the sample chatbot case in real time. I have not gone through this chatbot case. I have not reviewed the answers. I was not a part of authoring it. So we're going to do this together. If you want to do this case at the same time as me, then feel free to follow the link down in the, in the show notes and have that up and ready. So um, what, what ends up happening is um, I, I have it open, but I haven't started to read it. So I have another... I have another tab open that's kind of hiding it. I will go back and refresh the page, which will restart the timer when I'm ready to actually engage with the chatbot case. But first, I'm just going to have a couple of comments about preparing for a chatbot case. Um, so the 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 Casey chatbot case, the the mini online case from BCG, it does it mimics the key portions of a one-on-one -on -one interview in an interviewer-led style. Um, it's it's as far at, at right now, and as far as we know, it's not a choose your own adventure sort of thing. It is an established pathway through a case. Um, and that is an interviewer. It's more of an interviewer led style case. It, it's going to have the main components that you are already practicing for, hopefully, in the longer one on one interview. It's got an upfront opening sequence where some information is shared with you about the client background and the objective. Um, some element to which you're going to be asked to structure or choose which component parts are most important as you would think about a structure for trying to solve this case for this client. And then an opportunity to have both math and non-math questions, perhaps with some um, exhibit interpretation or usage before getting to a finale recommendation where there's an opportunity for you to record yourself delivering your concise, punchy, direct recommendation. Doesn't that sound a lot like the normal case? It does and it should. So by all means, you should not, you know, you, you should you should at least, you should start practicing before you even apply to BCG, um, let alone before you actually get this chatbot case. So a couple of comments about preparing for chatbot cases. Number one, access to it is going to be sent to you through your email. So after you apply to, and this is not only for the BCG chatbot case, but more and more firms, particularly large companies with the resources to do so, are creating all sorts of digital assessments. 
here in the early 2020s. Um, whether it's a strategy game, problem solving test, Pymetrics kind of tests, uh, this online chatbot case, etc. There is a real rise in the use of digital assessments, and it makes a lot of sense, right? These firms can uh, have another data point about you, whether it's your behavior and temperament or your strategic problem-solving mind or your, your creative mind or for this, in the, for the sense of the online case, things across the realm of structuring problem-solving and communication, they can have that with such little human resource, such little human capital cost to themselves. It is a huge machine within every company to run its own recruiting process, especially given the fact that consulting interviews are run by active consultants. Active consultants all have clients, projects, um, you know, billing rates, and all that gets sucked up by the firm as they spend valuable hours and days running running interviews to be able to filter and bring on board new consultants. Um, so for them to be able to expedite that, to lower those human capital costs, uh, it's it's a no-brainer. And um, certainly there's a lot of upfront cost in developing something like this, but then once established, it would reap huge benefits as a, as a fixed cost expense, largely. So uh, the advent of it makes a lot of sense. It makes sense for more and more firms to be to be doing this moving forward. So it's it's helpful to just take a second to think about um, establishing ourselves in this. Now, for this particular type of case, online chatbot case, uh, standard case interview practice is what we want to make sure we are we are on pace for. And um, this is something that is, as well as any for any digital assessment, you're going to get access to after you've applied to one of these firms. So you'll probably already be incentivized to do so, intrinsically motivated to do so. But after you apply to any firm, you got to keep a close watch on your inbox, not only for hopefully that offer to interview with some information about it, but maybe even before you receive that, the first thing that you could receive would be an invitation to, to complete a digital assessment. And it is commonplace that that email that you receive would have a timestamp on it. Many of these you have to complete within 48 hours of receiving that request, for example. So you gotta keep a close watch on your inbox, make sure that um, you have the full time span available to you to be able to complete this. Next is when do you complete it? you absolutely want to make sure that you have a choice in when you complete this. Um, so for me, it is the evening. Um, I'm in a nice calm space in my house. I have no fear of distraction right now. It's not bright outside. Um, I have a drink right off camera nearby. I just had a snack. I have, I have professional but comfortable clothes on, um, business on top, casual on bottom, as a lot of us do in the Zoom world. I have the area around me set up for notes. I have, I have um, my, main, my main method of taking notes myself on the computer is on a clipboard. I do also have other pieces of paper around me on the tabletop, on the desktop that I have access to along with my pen in my hand. Uh, I may not need to use that, but I want to be, I want to be ready for it. Um, um, let's see what else I am. Um, I, I put on just a tab of chapstick. So, because I know that I'm going to, 
There's going to be a recording at the end of this. I'm going to need to, in the entire timed setting of this online chatbot case, this BCG KC style chatbot case, at the end, I'm going to need to deliver a recommendation that's going to be recorded. And so hence the professional top with specifically this case, since I know it's going to be recorded at the end. Uh, if I'm doing something where I know I'm not going to be recorded, I'm not going to wear a professional on top. For me, that doesn't help me get into that headspace. For you, maybe it does. But what are those things that you need to get into your game day headspace? Maybe it's playing the part, dressing up fully. Maybe it's listening to your kind of get ready playlist, right? Maybe it's um, a piece of chocolate or, or gum or a favorite snack. Um, hopefully all of us have some of these little things that are, are going to get you in the right frame of mind, the right energy uh, to be able to, to go in and crush this. And you should be thinking about that same kind of pregame routine when you're thinking about your broader interview schedule. What is it that I'm going to be able to do to release the distractions from the rest of this day and week and put my best foot forward in this limited time that I have to be able to present myself well to my my future employer, right? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to have high energy, but I'm also going to have a, a, a calmness and a stillness about me. It's possible. It's possible with practice. I have no idea what's coming, but I'm going to put my best effort at, at getting to the right answers. So we're about to do that together. Um, after we do that together, then I'll go back through and I'm going to have some commentary. But this next section... This next section is just going to be me filling it out. So if you want to do that at the same time, you can kind of glance over and see where I'm at. You could fast forward through this part um, or you could just, you know, you can you can look at it on the screen and you can watch and, and try and keep up. I'm going to try and balance knowing that this is timed overall, but I don't think that there's really a benefit for finishing super early. So it's all about time management. Uh, I'm not trying to fly through this thing, but I also can't run out of time. Um, one particular note on functionality, the specifically the BCG online chatbot case has a functionality at the end where it does give you two chances to record your final recommendation. After the first time after you record your final recommendation, you have a ch you have a choice if you want to re-record. If you re-record, it will tape and accept your second entry, no matter what. It will delete your first entry and you got to go with the second entry. It's not like a choose the best of or anything. So you want to try and get it right. You want to use all the same key principles that we talk about across the broader case interview. Um, and especially there with the recommendation, think about the human capital cost that this reduces, right? For somebody to, to be engaging with and scoring you on this. They get an automated score from the multiple choice sections that you, that you had. They have an opportunity to review one or two open entry text boxes. And then they have to watch your, you know, one to two minute recommendation at the end. Very quick, very quick. Um, so, yeah, the those are the thoughts I have up front. If I come up with any more, I'll share them with you after the fact. Let's go ahead and dive in. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to share my screen for those of you watching on the video. And I, as, I, as I said, mentioned just a minute before, I have the sample chatbot case open in one tab. I have something else open in another tab. I've got managementconsultant.com opened over here because when I'm ready to go, I'm gonna go over, I'm gonna refresh this page. 
so that then the timer starts. I am in my happy place. I've done some deep breathing. Just had a snack. We'll take a quick drink. We're going to dive in. All right. I'm not going to think through this out loud. I'm just going to I'm just going to complete it and then we're going to go back and we're going to talk through it together. Here we go. Clicking over, rebooting. Time remaining here on top. Hey, Strategy Simplified, it's Japheth here. You can skip ahead to minute 35 to get straight to Stephanie's recap of her performance in the case. In addition, make sure to check out the video at the link in the show notes to see Stephanie's process while she shares her screen. All right, let's get right into it.
It is not allowing me to record, but here we go. Um, my recommendation is that our client should enter the German market first to sell their children's rackets aged at children five to 10. Uh, the German market looks very attractive being $180 million a year. And we have calculated that we only need to sell uh, roughly two thirds of a billion, two, two thirds of a million rather units to be able to break even um, 666,000 units. Um, and at $100 a piece, this seems to be achievable. There are a few different things we need to want to look at, though. We want to make sure we consider various parental concerns moving forward in development and, and execution of marketing here, including safety, as well as the uh, implications of a, a wide sizing range for our client. I'm going to stay true to the time and say that that was it. I'm going to call it. We'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. Palm Tree is hiring now for consulting roles across its U.S. offices. You can apply at palmtreellc.com or through the link in the show notes. But why should you care? Palm Tree is a premier M&A consulting and advisory firm that sits at the intersection of strategy, finance, and analytics. The firm looks like a traditional consulting firm from the outside, but it's much more than that, functioning as a one-stop shop to support private equity clients. Palm Tree focuses exclusively on mergers and acquisitions and the private equity investment lifecycle, transactions, transitions, and transformations of businesses. Sound exciting? To learn about open roles and to apply, click the link in the show notes or go to palmtreellc.com. Uh, I got flustered there at the end with the camera already used by another app. Dang it. Okay. Um, we're going to push submit. Uh, and we're going to debrief. Now, here's the deal. I haven't looked at the answers yet. I'm going to give myself a solid B plus at this attempt. Like, I, I absolutely had enough time to do it. I was, um, my own personal reflection after just doing that. I should have moved faster through the multiple choice questions and left a little bit more thinking time for the open-ended questions. I'm glad that I took notes as I went along so that I could have some of the data points to be able to speak to, but I didn't really still, I didn't give myself enough time to do um, the, the full calculations that I wanted to really bring into the recommendation. I mismanaged my time today. Um, and this is absolutely uh, the level of complexity of a case where I shouldn't have any problem mismanaging my time. This is uh, highly achievable in, in 10 minutes, let alone 20. Um, 
I think I, I paced myself too slowly there at the beginning. And then when I had an eye on the clock, I let it get in my head a little bit. That was unfortunate. All right. Um, so let's take a look here. So congratulations, you received a score of six out of eight calculated up by adding the number of correct answers. What four things would you advantage first? Um, I said that I would size the European market first, and then I would check the competitive landscape to see what, you know, the, the, the opportunity of uh, capturing part of that market, better understand that. And then think about profitability in terms of both revenue and cost. Instead, this has determined which products are to be sold in the European market. Once we've segmented the market, we can begin to decide which specific products warrant further examination for market entry. Um, as a different proxy for revenue, I chose the 10-year growth plan. I can understand... Why is this is the answer key? Although I would, I would vehemently disagree. <laughs> um, I'm not going to get full profit projections unless I have both the revenue and cost side of the equation. Um, by sizing the total European market, looking at the competitive landscape, and determine which products are to be sold in the European market. Um, I, I could see how that could help provide the revenue side of the equation. Instead, I wanted to look at some revenue projections. I chose that in the wording of that one. So from what we see here on the screen, I did not get number five. That, that's got to be one of the things that didn't give me a perfect score on this chatbot case. Okay, let's look at number two. Strike Co. after consideration was choosing these things. Um, what are some key questions they should to be able to pick the best move? Um, which market within Europe are we looking at? What's the re respective competitive landscape, profitability in each segment, anticipated growth on each segment? Um I didn't write down my answers to this one. I felt like that was straightforward at the time. We'd have to roll the tape to see if I chose those. Well, let's see if we can find, uh, you know, we got to compare the different mar with markets within Europe against each other. Totally makes sense. We've got to figure out who's playing in each of those spaces. Yes. Um, are they consolidated or fragmented markets? Like, what's the opportunity there? Um, what's the anticipated growth in each segment? Absolutely. Not only the size today, but um, are they growing or shrinking? That's going to affect our, our choice. And then actually, let's look at the numbers, profitability in each segment. Um, if, if this had an opportunity to uh, – th this one didn't have the rank choice. Um, but I'll say, I guess if I, if it did, um, I'd probably have number two, number six, number four, and then number eight, something like that in terms of my order. 
Yeah. Let's look at the, let's look at and compare. Oh, let's go back up. Let's look at and compare the overall size of the market. Number two, um, let's figure out if that's growing or shrinking. Number six. Um, okay, now let's put the dollars and cents against it. Where is the what's profitability from a segment perspective? And then finally, are there um, competitive kind of opportunities or hurdles that are going to influence our decision as we as we look at the numbers? Question three, I, I spent way too long on this question because the reality is um, the way that this one at least was worded, if you calculated 666,000 rackets, then that was the only option within the multiple choice that had it. So I went ahead and I did the math to, to get to 1 million as well, but I didn't, I didn't need to. I just did that as a fail safe, as a check. And then I thought, I overthought it. Well, because 666,000 only repeats itself once in this option set, is that really the right answer? Because that would be so fast to be able to calculate it. I, you know, I just, I kind of, I didn't just take the right answer and keep moving. And then I made a, I made a mistake. This, this sucked time from me moving forward. I wrote these numbers down in opposite. I wrote these numbers down oppositely on my paper. I did not go, go, do a good job of keeping myself organized. I didn't speak to it before, but absolutely. In these chatbot cases, you, you, <laughs> I mean, you've got to capture down the notes. For me, that's pen and paper. We're practicing our cases pen and paper when we're in person and with the interviewer. We're going to do that pen and paper. So here with the online chatbot case, I want to capture my notes on paper. Um, and I'm going to need to speak to these data points and use these data points again as I move through the case. I wrote these down in the opposite way. And then I had to kind of figure out my error and reprocess that moving forward. I'm, I'm glad that the wording of the questions moving forward make, made me realize and understand that I wrote these down opposite. But for example, I wrote children's rackets break even as 1 million and teenagers break even as 666,000. And that was not the case. Um, but actually solving that math was not very hard, right? I spent way too long on this question, way too long. Next, um, what are some unique, what are some factors unique to selling children's rackets? Um, okay, this has listed the four Ps. Yeah, totally. We can think about it from a marketing perspective, product, price, promotion, place. Um, I took a more customed approach, right? I came up with the three categories of parental concerns. Well, as compared to a teenager or an adult, most likely there's a different purchaser. So let's think about it from the, the lens and the perspective of that purchaser. Um, number two, let's think about, um, for me, this was the key product um, kind of difference, right? It was the the, to, to fully cater to children who are all different sizes themselves, that probably requires a much wider range of different size rackets than a teenager and adult segment. And that size range has implications. These They're non-standard with normal larger sizes. I didn't really mark that down. That was another one I should have probably done. Uh, those those non-standard sizes may have different or higher manufacturing costs. Those non-standard sizes may uh if, if you're trying to work with with physical retailers then there's a whole piece about having to negotiate for shelf space and there 
may not be the opportunity to be able to display your entire product range, um, given the fact that this is it's a non-standard racket. It may be a more extensive range. There may be more SKUs associated with it, et cetera. And then I had style preferences, um, which would be inherently different from perhaps both the design and licensing and manufacturing standpoint. Um, I didn't get to the uh, distribution one here, right? Placement in stores. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Yeah. Um, hmm. Marketing concerns towards children and the fact that especially in uh, Europe has tighter regulations than we do here in the U.S., but um, and that would be an important thing to note as well. That's a great next step. I, you know, I, I read that and I think that and I'm like, ooh, I would have put that in my next steps. I think that that one's so good. Um, a real concern or risk that we need to look at. We need to make sure that we're living within the regulations of uh, our chosen markets within the EU, particularly Germany and Italy, as we think about the, the ability or the, the lack of ability we may have to target towards children specifically. That's a key. That's a key risk. That would have been one of my three things there at the end. Ah, I missed that. Um, yeah, um, I got to some of these elements. I got to some of these elements. I got some more than we're on here. Um, I'm happy with the, the more expanded way that I wrote through that open-ended question. I think this makes this sample chatbot case, since it's the first one that I've done, I didn't do this. I didn't do the BCG one before we're doing this together. Um, this makes me realize that in terms of time management, I really have to, I would want to give myself um, a lot of leeway and grace uh, on the open-ended questions. In addition to the recommendation, that's my chance to really showcase, um, I think, more of who I am. I was going back. It's like, no chance do I, can, am I going to let a spelling error in there? I want it to look structured. I think a numbered list looks more structured than just bullet points. Um you know, the next time I went through this, I saw, I mean, there was, there was some kind of rich formatting, right? I think there might have even been the opportunity to underline or bold. I would have done that if I was a little bit better on time. Um, I should, I would have, I should have totally had time to do that. So um, I'm happy with the extra time that I took there, but I should have saved time in other portions of the case to be able to give me that chance to write full sentences have more complete thoughts. And I added some extra, I tried to add some insight type comments in parentheses afterwards to speak a little bit towards why I think that would be important or what I would do with that information, but not at every line. Okay. Oh man, the sizing question. I just, I, I didn't say, I didn't speak to it before, but this is an online chatbot case. You can use a calculator. I did not have, I had my phone silenced with on disturb. It, it was over here, like not quite at hand. It's like, oh, why don't I launch my calculator? Um, why don't I get ready to punch this out? And then I was off by one number the first time around. And then, uh, you know, kind of off by a decimal point. And then I had to go back and kind of make sure which one was the, the right answer. I mean, these are the answers that I got to, but uh, 
it took multiple iterations. I was like way off the first time. Um, I'm not quite sure what I punched in my calculator to be so far off, but And I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like 90% sure that I put 1.8 million instead of billion. Gosh, I hope I didn't put billion. The, t the math that I didn't have time to do at the end is the one that you see here on the screen, which I was desperately trying to do in my head quickly. But you had the data to be able to say, okay, I know, I know the... Um, you know, we did the break-even calculation for both the teen and the children's segments, and now we have the market size in terms of yeah, addressable market for um, size of the market for you know children's rackets age five to ten, both in Germany and Italy. Um, the overall size of the market, um, and that final answer is in is a revenue answer. Um, well, now that I know that. I can calculate what percent of the market we need to break even. Um, and that's what they've done here in this first bullet point, right? About We have to capture about 30% of the market to be able to hit our break-even unit sold of 666000 That's the math I didn't have the time to do. That was a huge miss. And that wasn't even something that, that dinged me on this question. Therefore, as I look back, I must have missed something in this question too as well. I must have answered something different. We're, we'll go back and take a look together. Um, finally here, when you take this on your computer, you're going to make sure that you are in the perfect space to be able to be recording on your computer. Um, that probably means you're not doing this in a public setting where at least in this day and age in some countries, you may still have to wear a face mask. I'm going to be I'm going to be in a place where um, I operate best. For me, that means a quiet place with no distractions. But in terms of the opportunity for you to record, yeah, I don't think this is something you're going to do in a public Starbucks or something, right? Like you need to be in a place where you can look and present yourself professionally for this final recommendation where there's no distractions on your end as well, no background noise, um, and no other use of your camera on your computer, like running a Zoom meeting, or don't try and like screen record this at the same time. I wouldn't mess or, or you know, I wouldn't mess with any of that. Uh, you, you want no other use of your camera and microphone so that you don't have a technical error like I did. And because I only left myself like a minute to do this and then had a technical error, I had to try and rush through my recommendation. Therefore, my recommendation was not nearly as solid as it could have been. Um, now, core, core pieces there. Yes, the client should enter the European market uh, with a market with a, with a racket targeted towards children ages five to 10. They should look at moving into the German market first. As a total addressable market, uh, oh, oh, I calculated the size of the market in terms of revenue per year, which is why I ended up with different units here. Yes. Okay. Because it was a hundred dollars per racket. So move that decimal place over. I got to 180 million and 120 million. 
That's what the difference is there. Got it. Okay, that bugs me a little bit. I was like, eh, those aren't the exact numbers I came to. So with a market size of $180 million, um, or 1.8 million people, yeah, 1.8 million divided by 666,000, about 30% market share. Yep, to break even, <clears throat> which does assume one racket per person. Yep, okay, agree with that. Um, now, this is an overall recommendation saying that they should not enter the European market. I had a recommendation saying that they should enter the European market. As long as I have data to back that up, that makes a lot of sense. I I rushed my piece at the end where, and I, I really wanted to have that piece of rationale to say what percent of the market we would have to capture to be able to break even. I didn't leave myself enough time to do the math. I wasn't able to do the math uh, mentally in the moment. That was a huge miss on my part. Instead, I gave a non-evidence-based comment of, I think that that's doable, which doesn't really, that's not really worth its weight in salt, right? Not good on my part. Um, and then a list of risks or next steps, right? So a clear recommendation, an evidence base, and then a list of clear um, things to look at moving forward. So I said yes, but then we want to make sure that we would address these parental concerns, including safety, and consider the sizing issue. I would have wanted to add a third item to that list, um, but I did not. Maybe my third, because of time, maybe my third would have been um, to continue uh, researching the opportunity of entering the teenagers 13 to 18 market, particularly by seeing if there's any way that we can reduce that break-even unit. Um, maybe there's a way that we can streamline some of the manufacturing costs, or if we do an additional competitive you know, price point analysis, price sensitivity analysis, maybe we find that we can raise the price of that product to be able to get us to a more appealing break-even. So we want to look into that, um, see if that's an opportunity as well. I think maybe something around there would be my would be my go-to. Now, let's go back and, and click on this again, right? Okay, so now we're looking at it together. Um, which four things should they do? Well, I came up with the same answers as the, as the main, didn't I? No, 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 I didn't. Here's one I didn't. Um, I said, create a growth projection for the next 10 years if we succeed. My thought process was, in creating a growth projection, we're going to have to have the uh, you know revenue and units sold projections. So price point and units sold projections, which lead us to revenue projections, that's going to be my revenue side of the equation. But the answer key said, um, determine which products are to be sold in the European market. As I read that today in the moment, in the moment, what I was thinking of was... Um, interpreting that as more of a um, product design and, and specific marketing strategy um, after some of these larger decisions have already taken place. That's why I didn't pick it. But based on this answer key, I would have been wrong. That's a risk that we run, right? Um, but you can also expect that with these large, uh, you know, the, these firms are putting a lot of resources to this. The scoring alg algorithms also are not necessarily as binary as what we've represented here. There could be an opportunity 
in these uh, real firm cases, for example, to receive partial credit, even on something like a multiple choice question, um, to get an answer closer to what they wanted as the right answer, right? So I missed one there. And then I think I apparently missed another one here. So Strike Co. after careful consideration is deciding between launching a racket in Europe targeted at eight children aged 5 to 10 or teenagers 13 to 18. What are some key questions they should ask to get the best possible move? Um, I said the profit profitability of each segment, the anticipated growth of each segment, customer preferences, and the competitive landscape. That's totally what I said. Um... And those are not the answers that appeared in the answer key. So, um, so in comparing these two segments, um, profitability is going to be my number one dollars and cents game. Revenue and costs, as we think about five to ten or thirteen to twenty. Now, maybe that's a static or current projection. Um, anticipated growth of each segment may give us. Uh, may help us lean in one way or another as we think about not only the current but future opportunity there. The respect to competitive landscape, who else is playing in these spaces? Maybe 5 to 10 or 13 to 18 or an underserved segment. And then how do people decide which racket to buy has got to be the one that's not in the answer key. Um, but here's why I chose that today. <laughs> I chose that because I was already in the mindset of parents make a different decision because they're the ones choosing for a child five to 10. They're, they're the ones pulling out the money, whereas teenagers 13 to 18 may be purchasing that themselves. The purchaser is different. Therefore, how do people decide which racket to buy? My mind went towards that difference, which I think is important. And I spoke to that in the next qualitative question around, uh, and my first category ended up being, it was safety, but then it was parental concerns more broadly, thinking about different purchasers for these different segments. Instead, I'm guessing, well, oh, they chose, they definitely chose which market within Europe are we looking at, but we'll take another quick look there. Um, I, I, made sure as I went from section to section that I marked down the key things that I spoke to and or the answers so that I have those data points moving forward to pull into the recommendation. Super important. I could breeze through it a lot faster without having to do that, but then I wouldn't necessarily have that information to be able to utilize. This is the one that I spent way too long on, given the fact that I was like, huh, all these are distinct answers and I got to 666,000. Over here, I looked at, well, this has 1.5 and this one has 1.5. So that that made me just kind of trying to game the system, right? Made me think, well, 1.5 might be the answer here. But then I quickly did the math over here and I got to 1 million. So then I did the math again over here. I just, oh, I, I overdid it. I overdid it. I need to trust my calculation skills, especially given the fact that I'm able to use a calculator in this setting. I know that it was 666,000 and 1 million, and then I should have written it on my paper correctly and kept my notes a little bit better structured. Um, we know that I came up with parental concerns, sizing and style preferences, which is more of a custom framework. Uh, full freedom to use um, a more established framework. The four Ps were, were referenced in the answer key. 
Now we have a, a very short exhibit stating the country population percent age five to 10 and percent five to 10 who play tennis. Estimate the total addressable market based on the figures below. So only using the data below would get you two people, absolutely, 1.8 and 1.2 million. I went one half step further and said, at an average price point of $100 a racket, um, then this would be 180 million and 120 million. And I, I put the extra commentary on top, just as I'd want to do in the in the interview to try and drive the conversation forward. I think that Germany is more attractive because it's larger. Um, you know, and then you want to speak to the meaning to the client or kind of put it in context to some degree as much as you can. Uh, and then try and speak to back in this case situation, what data would you want next? Um, but that didn't leave me enough time to be able to do this video, to do this video and do that key calculation to be able to speak to the size of the market overall. Just going back here real quick. Let's make sure that I'm not making things up. Children's racket sells for $100. Yes. Okay. So my extra step on the uh, market was correct. I had marked that information down to be able to speak to and say, and it does, it does mean an assumption of one racket per person. I left that out of my answer. That would have been a great uh, little small addition as well. Um, assuming one racket per person then an $100 price point per racket, $100 million, um, $120 million. Um, that's not, that's not per year though. That's just the total size of the market. I could go one more step even and estimate the frequency of purchase or lifespan. Um, we do this a lot in our workshop sessions, right? Or if you've joined our black belt program. Um, so market sizing, getting that revenue per year answer, I would, you know, to get it to that annual number, I would need to estimate the frequency of purchase. And I think about this in terms of lifespan of the product, uh, a purchase still for children age five to 10, I'm going to estimate not purchased, um, more than once a year. Um, even though I do think that the, the, the lifespan is going to be lower, than it would be for an adult racket. So yeah, as we continue to just chew on this together, um, that would have been another insight that I think could have been interesting to come out of this conversation, um, especially thinking about the, the, the total size of the market, the total addressable market. If we were to compare this data to the size, the, the market size for the teenagers 13 to 18 segment, I would anticipate a factor not easily visible on the surface could be um, the lifespan of a tennis racket used by a child age five to 10 is going to be shorter than the lifespan of a racket used by a teenager. That may actually allow for a larger overall revenue per year market size, even if there are fewer teenagers age 13 to 18 who play tennis, who would buy a tennis racket, therefore. Um, an interesting little piece there. Um, so taking a quick look here again at the answer key, oh, it didn't allow me to actually answer it because I didn't click anything. So 
Here we go, going through that again. Going through this real quick here so that we can see. One more quick glance here at the answer key. Yep, so as stated, we've already talked about the difference that I saw in question one. Okay. Uh, I'm just I'm just processing this in the moment as well as we look again here at the answer key. So um, I'm mostly disappointed with my time management as I went through this case today. Did I feel a little bit of extra pressure because I have everybody watching this over my shoulder? Absolutely. Should you feel that pressure when you're doing it in the moment? Absolutely not. Um, and also, while I consider myself to be a good consultant, I'm not... I'm not in the grind doing daily case practice from the participant standpoint, as you would be. I felt it. I felt that I wasn't quick with my math. I wasn't quick with my uh, estimations, as I know that I can be when I am more when I'm when I'm more practiced, when I'm more ready for this. Um, I felt the gap, the lack there as I went through this today. That led me to, not having enough time to do the uh, the things that I really wanted to do, uh, primarily the extra math at the end, um, above and beyond what was asked for in the case, and then bringing that data point or multiple data points into the recommendation and having enough time to do a crisp, compelling, direct recommendation. Uh, I made a couple of choices that the answer key has different answers for, but you know what? I still I still find good rationale I understand the way that the answer key is, and I find good rationale still in the answers that I chose. Um, I'm I'm not sure if I would do it if I would do it differently if I did it again. Uh, I have to have hope that that would give me partial credit on a, a more advanced answer key or algorithm. But you know what? I did not hit it out of the park today. I didn't hit a hundred percent, and that's why. Practice is so important. Not only practice with the overall case interview preparation process, which yes, should be you should be doing, and we should all know that this is a muscle that we need to build, and it takes weeks, if not months, to feel comfortable with those out loud conversations. But this is a different permutation of that, and the opportunity to practice uh, sample chatbot cases online has taught me a lot of things that I didn't necessarily um, even speak to at the beginning. I just, I tried to think about this in my head and kind of theorize around it, but without actually practicing it myself, I didn't realize up front and remember, oh yeah, I can use my calculator. And in terms of time management, it's going to take me longer to just type this stuff in. And I need to make sure that I save enough time for those potential multiple iterations, or at least two iterations on the, on the recommendation. And then I save enough time at the end to make sure that I can pull the data points together, create that compelling direct recommendation. Um, so uh, a lot of learnings, so important to be able to uh, have an opportunity to practice this. And so you want to make sure that uh, you not only go through the sample chatbot case that we have, but make sure you take a look at our broader offering for chatbot cases as well. 
Oof, what a whirlwind. Thank you for being on that journey with me today as we went through the sample chatbot case. Um, you know, I'm, I'm disappointed with my performance, but I, I'm glad to be able to show that with you and be open and honest and vulnerable that uh, I didn't knock it out of the park today, but hopefully you learned something as we went through this process. I think if I was a candidate, I would feel more than anything that I need to put more time and effort into preparation. So if you feel that way too, make sure that you review our chatbot case offerings. You'll see all the information and the links in the show notes. Um, and again, if you get in on the ground level today, um, then you'll have access to not only the chatbot cases that are on the platform now, but every single one that is uh, being currently developed to be released over the coming weeks and months. So. Uh, thanks again for joining and we look forward to seeing you next time.